Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. That it is indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome in to the latest edition of the Sanders Facts Podcast, episode 24. I am, of course, the aforementioned Sander, and you all are listening to the most factual podcast in the world, the Xander's Facts Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and remember, if you want to support the Xander's Facts Podcast, then go follow, download, rate, review, do all those things right now, before you listen, and then follow, like, trend on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, however, Xander's Facts, that's Xander with a Z, and most importantly, remember to spread the facts. Tell everyone you know about the Xander's Facts Podcast, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stop what you're doing, stop the podcast, go tell someone about the Xander's Facts Podcast, and tell them about episode 24 that we're doing here on July 14th, 2021, because it is a big one, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone. We have got sports, politics, life, everything is going on this week. So, Here's the rundown. We've got basketball because the finals in the NBA are still going on. They were going on last week, and now they're going on this week. Again, we're going to talk about that because they're still going on this week. We're going to talk about soccer because the Euro final was last Sunday, sometime like that. We're going to talk about that, and the U.S. is playing soccer too. Remember the Nations League? Now they're in the Gold Cup, which if you don't know what it is, the Copa Oro, then I will let you know. And then we're going to move over to politics because we've got something big to talk about this week. We've got a very important topic here on Sanders Facts this week. Here it comes! Many of you might have heard of it, and now you might be scared with critical race theory. Oh, it's awful! I know. Ew! We're going to talk about it, and we're going to give you the facts. Sanders is going to give you the facts on critical race theory. We're going to talk about that all this week. On the Xander's Facts Podcast, episode 24. So, Xander's Facts. Let's get started here with the NBA Finals. As of now, as of this podcast recording, there have been three games that have taken place in the NBA Finals this year, 2021. First two games were in Phoenix, and the Suns won both. Phoenix scored 118 points in both games. They won on two, last Tuesday, game one, 118 to 105. And they won last Thursday, game two, 118 to 108. So they went to Milwaukee with a 2-0 series lead. And plus, the Bucks. remember last week we were talking about the Bucks don't even have their best player, Yanni? Well, apparently they do. They have Giannis. Because that injury that he suffered in the Eastern Conference Finals looked awful. And it looked like he might be out for a long time. He's back. And he's doing Giannis things. But they didn't win those first two games. Even though Giannis scored 42 points in Game 2. Only had 20, though, in Game 1. But on Sunday night, Game 3. And in Game 3, the game took place in Milwaukee. First time since 1974. That an NBA Finals game was played in Milwaukee. How about that? There's facts. It's true! The different venue came with a different result. So the Bucks at the half, led by 15, and they did not squander that lead. They won 120 to 100. They got a 20-point win in Game 3. They made it a series! Giannis had 41 
Also, in Game 3, which the Bucks won, no Suns player scored over 20 points or had over 10 rebounds. It's a fact. That might be the reason why they lost. Chris Paul had 32 points in Game 1, and D-Book, Devin Booker, had 31 in Game 2, and it looked a little ugly for the Bucks in Games 1 and 2. A lot of people are saying this is an ugly team to watch. This finals might just be a blowout. But game three happens. And now, there you go. They got the Bucks got the largest one of the finals so far in game three. They're trying to make it a series. And how about this Xander's fact for you to wrap up the finals update? Here comes a fact. There is not a single player on each team that has a finals ring. None of them have won a championship. So no matter which team wins the championship, every player on the team will be getting their first NBA championship. Isn't that sweet? Oh, I know. It's cute. Sanders facts. Huh. So we've got three games down. A fourth game four tips off Wednesday night. Might be the night you're listening to this podcast. You might want to turn on the game. And then game five is Saturday night. That's the only two games we're guaranteed right now because the, the Suns win both of those games. They win, they get the four games they need, and they win the championship. However, if the Bucks win on Wednesday night, it's a tied series. And game five is in Phoenix. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen next week? Maybe next week we might have an NBA season review, or we might be previewing a game seven. I mean, that would be pretty awesome. Sanders facts. So game four, again, Wednesday night, game five, Saturday night, the Suns lead the series two games, 2-1. Two, but it's definitely not over yet. So let's stick to sports here. NBA Finals, now let's go to football. So we're going to the pitch. Because also on Sunday, this was in the afternoon, or I guess at night in where it was being played, in Europe, the UEFA Euro 2020 Final took place. Remember? I think it was when the Champions League Final happened. We had a little preview with our soccer guru, M. Adams, for the Euros, and both of us said France. Well, that was stupid, because France is terrible! Disgusting! But you know who's also terrible? Italy and England. But Italy is least terrible. Apparently, because they won. Italy, sorry. Deal with it! Italy played England at Wembley in London, which, okay. They decided it was going to be in London before everything happened, so... You know, England had the home pitch advantage, I guess is what they'll call it, but it wasn't really fair. Because the tournament, usually in the Euros, they have it, they have the tournament in one country. However, this year, probably because of COVID, they had it in a ton of countries. They had it in Portugal, England, I'm not even going to name these, Denmark. They have it in Azerbaijan, too. Like, I don't even know if that's in Europe. So... They had it all over the place this year. They put the final in London, England, of course. But for England, it was their first appearance in a major tournament final since 1966. And that was the year that they won their only World Cup. Really? England, we all think of as this great soccer power. And a lot of that is because the game was invented in England. And that's why they have that stupid song that's saying it's coming home. And it didn't go home. It went to Rome. Get it, Cedar Sex? But they have not made a major tournament final up until now since 1966. Apparently there's a curse 
for the three lions. That's what they're called, the three lions. Why? I don't know. What? But for Italy, it was their first appearance in a major final since 2012, the 2012 Euros, when they lost to Spain in the final. And Italy, how about this? Italy was in the final of the Euros this year. Four years ago in 2017, they failed to qualify for the World Cup in 2018, like the U.S. did, remember? So, going to the game here. First two minutes, England scores. Whatever. That was their only goal of the game, though. However, whoops! Italy, in the second half, got a goal, and so it was tied 1-1. to And so after 90 minutes, it was tied, and they had to go to extra time. So they played another 30 minutes, and they didn't have any more goals. So they went to penalty kicks. It was the first UEFA Euro final to go to penalty kicks since 1976. It's been a long time. And there have been a bunch of great games that have gone to penalty kicks in the Euros this year. Like that one where France lost, but whatever. So actually, how about this? Before we go to extra time, talk about this. England's manager is named Gareth Southgate, Gary. In the final minutes of extra time, managers will, because if nobody's scored in the final minutes of extra time, then the managers know that it's going to go to penalties. So they'll sub in their best penalty kickers if they're not on the field. So Southgate, England, subbed in Marcus Rashford and Jadon Sancho for the sole purpose of kicking penalties. And in penalty kicks, both of them ended up missing. Terrible. It was three to two. Italy got three goals. England got two in penalties. And Italy won. Their first Euro final since 1968. It's only their second Euro ever. Of course, that's more than England because England has zero. So there you go. It's a big win for Italy. They're out celebrating right now. Go look in Italy because it does mark a triumphant return to the soccer stage in the world for Italy. Because, as I said, they failed to qualify for the World Cup four years ago. So sad. But, if they do qualify for next year's World Cup, which is in Qatar, as we've talked about, then they're looking for their first World Cup win since 2006, because they're riding high. A lot of people, some people, especially in Europe, will argue that the Euros is better than the World Cup. That's not true. Because the U.S. can't play in the Euros. And the U.S. is the best team in the world. And they have the best player in the world. Please, like, be kidding, you know. But some people argue that. And they're stupid. Quit your whining. But for England, sadly, for them, the drought of major tournament wins continues. As I said, they have never won a Euro. They have only won one World Cup. That was in 1966. Overrated. So as I said, the World Cup next year, 2022, takes place in Qatar. Who knows what reason? From November 21st to December 18th. And if that sounds weird to you, you, it is. Because it is the first time ever that the World Cup is not being played in either the months of May, June, or July. It's a fact. It's kind of ridiculous. Because in Qatar, apparently it gets to 9,000 degrees in the summer. And so now they have have to have it in the winter. Because... When Qatar made the bid to FIFA, they said, we're going to build all these stadiums and we're going to have air conditioning and it's going to be perfectly fine. Well, now 
they say, oh, could you move the tournament, please? Because we can't have air conditioning in all the stadiums that we're trying to build with slave labor. That's what they're doing. They're building the stadiums with slave labor. Yikes! So now they have to move it to November and December. That's Thanksgiving. That's holidays. Oh. But this World Cup, the next World Cup, 2022, is going to be the last to have 32 teams because FIFA decided it would be a good idea to expand the World Cup in 2026 to 48 teams. And of course, we all know where the World Cup's going to be in 2026. Uh-oh. Mexico, Canada, and for the most part, the U.S. I heard there's going to be like 80 games total, and 60 of them are going to be in the U.S. It's going to be amazing. Sander is going to go to all the games. Well, probably not all of them, because they're going to be all over the place. But whatever. I'm not done with soccer, though, because we've got U.S. soccer to talk about. The most important soccer. we got to talk about the best team in the world. The U.S. men's national team, because on Sunday, they also played Sunday night during the finals, the NBA finals, so that was kind of not the best scheduling decision, but they played in their first group stage game of the CONCACAF Gold Cup, the Copa Oro. But this year, the U.S. is not sending their A squad to the Gold Cup, because a lot of their players that they have, the best players, Pulisic, McKinney, Giovanni Reina, etc. They all play in Europe for clubs, Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga. And so those club teams start play next month. And so preseason training has begun for those clubs. So all those players are starting to head out to Europe to train with their clubs. Meanwhile, the U.S. is sending a group for the Gold Cup, which is mostly of MLS players. MLS, which is the U.S. Soccer League, runs from about March until November or so. They have a totally different schedule than the rest of the world, which is amazing. So most of the squad consists of MLS players. Plus, the U.S., especially once their best players in their best form for the World Cup qualifiers, which take place this fall, because you don't want a repeat of what happened Four years ago, in 2017, which is just, gosh. Ugh. So Sunday night, the U.S. played Haiti, who doesn't have a president right now. We all know. They won 1-0. They were close to getting another couple goals, but they didn't, you know, whatever. Haiti. And Haiti had five players out for COVID reasons. I think they tested positive for COVID. So they had a bunch of players who they were not expecting to be out who were out. But the U.S. still won. They still got the three points in the group. And on Thursday, they will face Martinique. You know where that is? Apparently, it's in the Caribbean. Apparently, Martinique is a territory of France. So I don't know how they get to play in the CONCACAF Gold Cup, but they do. And then on Sunday, the 18th of July, they will close out the group stage playing against Canada. Huh. Oh, big game against Canada. So that's the Gold Cup. And then the final is August 1st, I believe. It's sometime in August in Las Vegas. And all the games they're playing in the group stage right now are in Kansas City because the Gold Cup is in the United States. Because where else would you put it? Martinique? I don't know. Apparently, Martinique has about 400,000 people, which is less than the population of Virginia Beach. It's the truth. I know. Or DC, for that matter. It's it's pretty small. So, I mentioned World Cup qualifying. Let's talk about that for a second, because World Cup qualifying for the U.S. begins September 2nd in the octagonal format, where eight teams from CONCACAF will play home and away 
to decide which three teams go to Qatar for the World Cup. And the fourth place team at the end will go to the Inter-Confederation playoffs to determine whether they will go to the World Cup where they play against teams from other continents, I guess. So the U.S. begins World Cup qualifying on September 2nd when they play at El Salvador. And then they come home against Canada on the 5th of September. And then they go to Honduras on the 8th of September. And they these matches continue in like these three-game spurts during the FIFA international breaks until March 30th. And then we'll find out, probably earlier, but we'll find out if the U.S. gets to go to the World Cup. Hopefully they do. Because that was an absolute embarrassment. What are we doing? Four years ago. It was terrible. Too many facts. That's all the sports I got for you. Soccer and basketball. What a time to be alive. But now we've got some very important, serious stuff to talk about. Critical race theory. Oh, I know. It's terrible. We're going to talk about what it is. Should you be crying like uh, the conservatives are right now? We'll talk about it all right here as the Zaders Facts Podcast continues. Xander's Facts. Hey guys, it's Evan and Xander here. So, you know what's also here? Summer. How about that? I love summer. And what do you need for summer? Well, the essentials, of course. And Instacart can help you out with all of your summer needs. I know we all have Instacart. So Instacart will set out a personal shopper to deliver your favorite products from local stores to your door in as fast as an hour. I mean, come on. How about that? Plus, you can choose from a ton of stores around you to always get what you need. Instacart helps you to find the best deals on all the things you usually buy and will give you smart suggestions for new items that you might like. So what are you waiting for? Use the link in this episode's description if you're a new customer to get free delivery on your first order above $35 and go shop without even leaving your home with Instacart today. Congratulations! Welcome back in Xander's Facts Podcast, episode 24. Are you ready? No, no, not! Because you better be. Because we're about to get into some, some serious stuff. We just talked sports. Now we're going to talk about politics and something big that's happening right now across the U.S. The new boogeyman for the Republican Party. It is something that you might know as critical race theory. Oh my gosh, Xander, how could you talk about this? This is evil liberal propaganda indoctrinating our kids. How could you? Well, hold on. Nice try, buddy. Over the last few weeks, this has definitely been in the news. And over the last year or so, as I said, it has become the new boogeyman for the Republican Party to try to attack Democrats, I guess. Remember in the 2018, before the 2018 midterms, when we were all told of this caravan that was coming to uh, kill our babies and take our jobs and destroy our communities? Well, the election came and went, and the caravan never came. So, I mean, that was interesting. But this time, this is related to education and race. Well, the last one was race, too, because they were being racist. And they're also being racist now. Huh. But back in September of 2020, terrible year, then President, our boy, Donnie Boy, issued a memo to the Office of Management and Budget to stop funding training on critical race theory for federal employees. What? Hold on. Subsequently, several states 
this year have introduced bills in their legislatures attempting to ban its teaching in public schools. Some states have already passed the bills, like Idaho, Iowa, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas. Yeah, the real beauties, right? I don't know. Along with other discussions about racism. You can't talk about racism. Yet these bills remain extremely vague in detail and in what exactly cannot be taught. So what's all the fuss about, people? What exactly is critical race theory? Get ready, because it is a Xander's Facts deep dive. Xander's spreading lies. Here we go. What exactly is critical race theory? So nearly 40 years ago, critical race theory was developed as an academic concept by legal scholars as a way to explain how race and racism affect people's lives. It originated basically as a way to explain why the United States remains unfair for people of certain races, even after laws were overturned by the federal government that allowed racial segregation. Basically, the core idea is that race is a social construct and that racism is not merely the product of individual bias or prejudice, but also something that is embedded in legal systems and policies. It also asserts that even when a society advances The progress that is made is often met with backlash that works to neutralize progress. So for example, let's talk about this. The framework tries to explain why for years the Supreme Court declared it unconstitutional for schools to be segregated on the basis of race. Remember Brown v. Board of Education in the Supreme Court. But school districts in Virginia continued to be segregated and in some cases simply closed down until like 1970. Like it was years Or why in the 1930s, government officials drew lines around areas deemed poor financial risks because of the racial composition of inhabitants, with banks refusing to offer mortgages to black people in those areas. Or remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about the infrastructure bill, and I went on this rant about how the interstate system was created back in the 50s, and it tore right through minority neighborhoods to try to separate black neighborhoods, and white neighborhoods. There you go. And now those neighborhoods are terrible neighborhoods to live in. Sanders facts. Quick facts! And in fact, critical race theory now mentions modern-day policies, like single-family zoning that prevents building affordable housing in advantaged majority white neighborhoods and stymies racial desegregation efforts. So, Xander... Well, that sounds terrible. For some people. Awful. So here's what those people are saying. What are the critics saying about critical race theory? Many critics, mainly loudmouth conservatives, who don't have anything better to do, I guess, believe that critical race theory teaches that, in fact, all white people are racist, and that it, in turn, is racist. Jeez. Many parents, who have nothing better to do, apparently, have infiltrated school board meetings across the country, yelling to teachers and school board members that they don't want their children being taught that the system, that the government, is racist and discriminatory. In fact, in Loudoun County, I'm going to go all in on this here. In Loudoun County, which is in Virginia, it's a D.C. suburb, a school board meeting on June 23rd had to be shut down by the sheriff's office after a ton of parents, white parents, caused a ruckus opposing the teachings of critical race theory. Because they didn't want it being taught in their schools, and they thought it was. And it's not. 
Huh. All the district said is that it is simply training teachers to be culturally responsive to serve an increasingly diverse student population. It is becoming increasingly diverse in Loudoun County. Parents, the parents argued that the policies are anti-white and take a negative position against the United States and make white people feel bad about themselves and their country because these people believe white people are the most discriminated against group in America right now. Really? We're going to get to that in a second too because <laughs> what did you just say, Xander? People think that. We're going to talk about that because Loudoun County as I said, is a suburb of D.C. in Virginia. That represents a continuing disaster for Republicans and conservatives right now. It was a former Republican stronghold 20 years ago that has grown at one of the highest rates in the country with a more diverse population and with that, more higher educated individuals and individuals that vote with the Democrats more often. In fact, in the 2000 election, Bush v. Gore, Republicans won Loudoun County in the presidential election with 56% of the vote. And in that election, Al Gore got 30,398 votes in Loudoun County. In 2020, Biden, Democrats won Loudoun County with 61.5% of the vote and they got over 100,000 more votes. They got 138,372 votes. That was a fact. To put that in perspective, in 1990, the census declared that there were 86,000 people living in Loudoun County. Last year, it was estimated that 413,000 people lived in Loudoun County. That is a 380% increase in their population in 30 years, it is one of the fastest growing counties in the country. And it represents how the struggle is real for Republicans in the suburbs because it is clearly a suburb of D.C. When it really wasn't considered a suburb of D.C. 20 or 30 years ago. So a lot of these parents have been there for years and years and they're watching all these new people come in. The population now of Loudoun County is a lot more diverse, and these people, white people, parents, don't like that. And now they think that accommodating more populations is bad. So what about, I said this, white people believe, some people, conservatives, white conservatives, believe that white people, white males, mostly, are the most discriminated against group in the U.S. right now. That was dumb. So why are they whining about this? While conservatives oppose critical race theories concepts applied to black people, they have no problem using those same concepts when discussing the discrimination of white people. There are many white conservatives in America today who balk at the thought of systematic racism against black people in the U.S., you know, because how could it? But those same people will get up and complain that they are the victims of racism. So this is something called frame flipping. Frame flipping is basically allowing the bigot, the 
people who are saying this, to position themselves as the actual victim, similar to how a bully in school would try to position themselves as the victim if a victim actually retaliated against themselves in school. So basically, these people are bullies. I didn't say that. Standard sex. It is the belief that black people do not only want to do not only want to be treated fairly and equally, but they want more than that. It's similar to the thought that gay people don't only want to marry, but to convert as many people as possible, or that Jews don't just want to be left in peace, that they want to take over the world, or that black people are not victims of American power, but they have benefited off of hardworking white people. That's basically the same concept here. Many conservatives don't want their children to be taught that the system has been fundamentally racist for the entire duration of the country. Because that would mean white people, their ancestors, actively endorsed racism in the past. How could they? I mean, what? So, well, what does this mean? They kind of did. I mean, after all, when the nation was first founded, the Constitution literally said... A black person can only count as three-fifths of a person. Like, the Constitution also said white landowning males were the only people who could vote. So, I mean, how could they? It's not racist! It doesn't make any sense! But since the vast majority of Americans don't know the specifics of critical race theory, like you may not have until you just listen to the facts on Xander's Facts Podcast... It's all true! Republicans hope that they can use their propaganda machine to indoctrinate many with lies on the matter, like they're trying to say. Like, critical race theory is racist towards white people. When, in fact, it's basically telling the truth. Basically, it says the facts. There are textbooks in Alabama right now that describe the living conditions for slaves as wonderful and well-kept and neat and tidy, and they enjoyed their lives very much. That's what Alabama kids are learning. But no, they don't want to learn about how bad it was. Because that is history. Original. Isn't that interesting? Because over the weekend in Charlottesville, they just took down a bunch of statues of Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson and all those boys. Oh, all those boys. And remember in 2017 in Charlottesville when they had that rally and they were chanting, uh, they'll not replace us. And they started ramming people with their cars and they had the tiki torches and David Duke was there, you know, all those people. And they were protesting against removing the statues because they didn't want their history to be erased. But they don't want the history to be taught, apparently. Because all critical race theory is talking about is trying to get to the facts that black people, mainly, and minorities in this country, have been treated unfairly ever since the founding of the country, ever since the first people, ever since Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492... And he called, he didn't even land in the U.S., but he mistreated the people he met. And then we started bringing slaves over from Africa and said, oh, these people will do work for you for no pay. What about that? That was terrible. Apparently, they don't want that to be taught. But they do want the fight that Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson fought to be taught. Apparently, I don't know how it's erasing history to get rid of a statue when you've got the internet out there. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, in 
I like in Germany, you think they have statues of Adolf Hitler everywhere because that's their history? No, they don't. It's true. Because it was bad history. Some history is bad history. And a lot of this country's history is bad history because it was racist. Oh no, it can't be racist. My ancestors are racist? Probably. But that's how it was back then. Sanders facts. And a, I don't know why I went on that rant, but a bunch of many argue that it critical race theory teaching is another step in discriminating against white people, arguing that in law schools, mainstream media, and in corporate America, white men are now the most discriminated against ethnicity. How could they? How are you discriminating against white people? I don't know. Well, there is no data to back that fact up. You hate to see it. Actually, so in law schools, a lot of schools like the Ivy Leagues and Harvard and stuff, they are trying to bring more minorities into their programs, so they're setting aside spaces for minorities, not the whole thing. And people are whining because, how could I not get a spot? Because they gave more spots to minorities. Well... If the spots for minorities go from 5% of the class to 15% of the class, then, you know, that's basically what they're doing. But because now there are white people who can't get into law school because they're not of the top 85% or whatever, they're going to start whining because it's all for themselves. Sanders facts. Sanders facts? And all of this as I mentioned at the top, is led by your boy, not my boy, Donnie Boy. Because there are more and more white Americans who are identifying themselves as a racially oppressed majority group. Yet there are absolutely no studies that suggest this. But I witnessed it firsthand! You're a liar! Black people lag behind whites in numerous socioeconomic categories, and white people make up the vast majority of CEOs, billionaires, and political leaders in the U.S. But Oprah's the richest female in the world. Oprah's one person. That's not a fact. We're talking about all together. Oh, Oprah's, you know, doing well, so everything must be fine. Not true. Because in 2018, the Census Bureau estimated that the median household income for white Americans was $65,902. For African Americans, it was $43,862. That's a big fact. And a lot more African Americans than white Americans live under the poverty line in the U.S. because on average, they make lower wages. So while there are some, many, African-Americans who are doing very well. We just had an African-American president, Barack Obama. The majority, well, first off, they have to fight against centuries of systematic racism and oppression because their ancestors were slaves or they were segregated against. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous that white people are going to claim themselves as the victim when they, and I'm white too, so you know, when white people have led the country and have taken advantage of minorities ever since Christopher Columbus came to 
North America. Didn't even land in the U.S. It's a fact. Ever since then, for centuries, that has been going on. But now white people are the victims because now minorities are standing up and say, we want equal. No, you can't have equal. What are you, crazy? That's blasphemy. That's what they're saying. So what, one of the big things that uh, conservatives are whining about is critical race theory being taught in schools. Is it being taught in schools? The short answer is no. It's not being taught in public K-12 through schools. There's been no evidence of that. However, it is being taught in universities, and it has been taught in higher-level education in the U.S. for some time now. For example, when Florida's Board of Education banned critical race theory teaching in June, when both the board and Florida governor, oh, our boy Santa Claus, Ron DeSanti, could, both of them, when they were asked, could not give any examples of critical race theory being taught in schools. So basically, in review, Sanders facts. Thanks goodness that's over. Critical race theory is not being taught in public schools. But what critical race theory does is it details the systematic racism that this country has dealt with ever since its founding. However, because conservatives are once again fighting against change in the U.S., they do not support critical race theory and believe it is the liberals' way of indoctrinating children and their evil ways. I say fighting against change again in the U.S. because it really has been conservatives who have fought against progressive change in the U.S. Do you think it was conservatives who fought to end slavery in the U.S.? No. You think Teddy Roosevelt and Woodrow Wilson were conservatives? No. Well, Wood- Wilson was a Democrat. Roosevelt was one of the most progressive presidents in history, and he was a Republican. And during Wilson's term was during the women's suffrage movement, and when women got the right to vote. You think conservatives stood up for women's rights to vote? No. In the 50s and 60s, during the civil rights movement, you think Martin Luther King Jr. was a a conservative? No. You think LBJ was a conservative? No. It was, by that time the parties began to switch into their modern fold of liberal and conservative, conservative Republicans, liberal Democrats. But it was not conservatives who fought for the Voting Rights Act and to end segregation. It was progressives and liberals. So I just don't understand because without progressive change in this country, we wouldn't have women voting. We wouldn't have black people voting. We would still have slavery. I find your lack of fate disturbing. Like, it's kind of interesting how they say liberals are going to ruin America. It's socialism. How about that? Well, those are the same arguments that they were using back then. Socialism, communism, leftist, terrible. They're trying to ruin our country. Those are the same arguments they've used for conservatives have used forever in this country when change is coming. Like, when... What we're trying to do right now with voting rights and the Voting Rights Act, all that conservatives are fighting against because they believe it's socialism and they don't want everyone to vote. But these are progressive ideas that allow everyone to vote. Why wouldn't you want everyone to vote? Well, they wouldn't want everyone to vote right now because when they, when more people vote, Republicans and conservatives do worse. Stinger! Yellow jacket. That's what happens. Xander's facts. We just, more people voted than any other election by far. In 2020, and guess who won the Senate, the House, and the White House? It was... Tell me, tell me! Joey and the Democrats. And the only way they can win future elections, if they stick with their conservative ideals, is by limiting 
people's right to vote. No more democracy. I don't know. That's what they're talking about right now in Texas. Remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about the Texas bill and we outlined it and we said the Texas Democrats actually fled the state capitol because (laughs) so they didn't have a quorum to vote on the bill. Well, they did it again. But this time they flew to Washington because Greg Abbott, who's the governor of Texas, who remember said that all the wind turbines freezing was because of the Green New Deal in Texas and not because it was his fault and they deregulated uh, the energy grid and they privatized it, you know, all those things that happened. But it was Green New Deal's fault, which is not uh, actual policy right now, especially in Texas. Slow down there. Whatever. But anyway, the governor called a special session in Texas to debate a lot of things, but mostly the voting rights bill, which gets rid of voting rights, actually. Oops. So in order to stop it, the Texas Democrats in the House, Texas State House, fled the state. They're in Washington right now talking with Democrats on the Hill about doing something federally. Because if they can do something federally, then they can come back. And right now, the governor and, you know, Ted Cruz and all those people, Ted Cruz, Kid Cood. They're all saying, when they get back, we're going to arrest them. And actually, they can't arrest them in Texas because they are supposed to be there. But they're not there because they're pushing these bills through that make it harder to vote in the state of Texas. So they're doing something good. Of course, you wouldn't know it by listening to Republicans. A lot of stuff's going on right now. We're talking about vaccines, trying to get more people the vaccine because the Delta variant is going through the country. Cases are up across the country because the vaccination rate continues to lower. The White House, Democrats, a lot of Republicans too, are trying to get people vaccinated. Bold move there. But a lot of the people who support Trump say, You can't put that stuff in my body. Even though Trump put it in his body. But you you never hear that. Sanders facts. I don't know. There's your politics rant for this week. We talked about critical race theory. And hopefully... Now, when you hear that, you won't say, (gasps) liberal indoctrination. No, because it's basically just trying to accurately teach the history of the United States. That's it for this week. Xander's Facts, episode 24. Thank you all for listening. And remember, if you want to support Xander's Facts podcast, if you liked the facts you just heard, because it was all facts, then remember to follow, download, rate, and review. Click all those buttons. Follow, like, subscribe, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I don't even know. And most importantly, spread the facts. Xander's Facts Podcast. That's Xander with a Z, not an X like some people spell it, like Xander Shoffley, who is actually going to be in the British Open this week. Golf major number four of the year. We didn't even talk about We didn't even have time to talk about that because we had so many facts to talk about this week on Xander's Facts. But that's it. That is a wrap on episode 24 of the Xander's Facts Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see y'all next week.
people, listen up.